Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Matthew chapter 9, verse 6. Jesus kind of, uh, I'm sorry, verse 36. Uh, Jesus kind of gives us a, a great example of what it means um, when the Bible describes that Jesus was moved with compassion or even had a burden for the multitude who gathered. He, it says this, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them or had a burden for them because they were weary and scattered. Now the New Living Translation says confused and helpless. And it says this, Like sheep having no shepherd. Man, Jesus was moved with compassion, right? A sheep relies on the shepherd, doesn't he? Yeah. But, but there are so many people who are out amongst us that would be, we could describe are weary and scattered, that we could describe are confused and maybe helpless, not knowing what their next step is. And Jesus was just so moved with compassion for them because they didn't have a shepherd, which, which then leads us to think about this question. If we are growing in our relationship with Jesus, then does our heart break for people who have been defeated? Does our heart break for people whose walls in, in their life have been broken and they have been taken captive by the enemy? Right? If we are growing in our relationship, then I think there is a tie to that that, you know what, we should be growing in, in our ability to have a burden for people who are broken, who are, are, are experiencing being taken captive by the enemy that desperately need God. But why don't we feel like Nehemiah, right, when it comes to our communities, when it comes to our cities, our neighborhoods, and especially to our church, when there's people in need that are maybe sitting in this group right here, that need us, need all of us, not just Pastor Scott, because he gets a paycheck, but all of us to really have a burden for one another. What's going on in your life? Oh, man, that's, oh, man, let me pray for you. Let me, let me, let me, let me, you know, maybe see what I can do to help. I might be able to connect you to somebody. But why don't we feel like Nehemiah sometimes? Well, it could be just the fact that, you know what? We just haven't opened our hearts to it. We just haven't opened our hearts and said, okay, Lord, what does that look like for me? What does that even mean for me? I, I, I really don't know. But we just live in a world where people, where people right? And maybe here today, they're just living in, in, the, in distress, are extremely vulnerable to the enemy. And, and let me give you a picture of, in real time, what the enemy is up to. Okay, this is what the, how the scripture warns us. First John 10.10, 10, it says this. Okay, because the enemy's real. He says, the thief does not come except to, skill, to steal and to kill and destroy. This is in real time. Okay, this is not some far, oh, that was back in Bible times. No, the enemy is real and he comes, right? To steal, to kill and destroy. First Peter 5a says, stay alert. He's trying to warn us, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
But guess what? That means you can be unedible. Right? He's looking for someone to devour. He's like, hey, is your walls broken down? Oh, I can devour you then. I can come into your life and I can do things and I can begin to get you, you know, all confused and all of these things. So, right? We, we, we can't, try not to be edible. I probably wouldn't taste good anyways, right? Another scripture, Proverbs 14, 12 says this, there is a way that seems right to a man and it appears straight before him, right? Now, I'm gonna stop there for a second. It's because you know what the enemy does? He says, no, this is a great way to go. This is the way to go. You should go this way. But you know what? That way is totally opposite of what God wants. Like, you're, all of a sudden, you'll find yourself so far off track. How did I get here? Well, we thought this is the way to go. That's what he put in our minds. But really, what happens is we always got to bring it back. Because he says, you know what? It appears before him, but it, and in the end, it's a way of death. It leads you apart from God. We always got to come back to God's word. But that's the enemy's plan. He wants to keep people away from God. He wants people to stay spiritually dead in their sins so that they can experience all of the pain and all of the stress. But here's the thing. It's not just for those who are living outside without Jesus in their life. It's also something the enemy tries to impose on those walking with Jesus. And, and how that happens is a lot of times is just when we know we're just not living right. We're just not living according to what he's asking and what he's, he's declaring. So what happens is it gives the enemy the opportunity. The door is open. The wall is broken. The, the gateway is wide open for him to be able to come and cause all kinds of stress, all kinds of things to get us out of position for us to feel the pain, maybe even the shame, even maybe the guilt, maybe even the judgment. So it's not just those outside of the faith, it's also us inside the faith that the enemy tries to attack. And especially when we are out of alignment, when we are not following what God has for our lives. But see, here's the deal. Both people are precious. Those who don't know Jesus are precious. Those who know Jesus are precious. But see, that's the great work. Us working together to be able to, 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 to have a burden for both and being able then to, to help people grow in relationship, for everyone to, to have a, a, an idea that, you know what? I got a place for you to come where you're going to be loved. I got a place where you can come where you're going to be accepted. I got a place where you can come and where you're going to find forgiveness. I got a place where you can come where your faith is going to come to life and you're going to experience, you know, love where that love is confirmed and hope is renewed. I've got a place for you to come, but see, it's going to take, it's going to take all of us coming together so that we prepare a, a, a place to welcome people, to welcome them, to love them, to disciple them, Right? And then it's a place of safety. This is God's great work. The next one is Jesus saves people and the church cares for people. Jesus saves people and the church cares for people. Again, this is God's plan. Right? His plan in Scripture 
is that he saves people. He draws them in, right? He convicts them. And then he bursts them into a new creation, into his family by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then what does he do? His goal is to add them to the church. That's his goal. Acts 2.47 says this, the Lord kept adding to their number. That's to the church daily. Those who were being saved from spiritual death. See, that's God's heart. He wants people to be saved, but then what he wants is people to be in community with one another. No matter where they come from, no matter what their background is, no matter what it is, he wants people to be in community. So he brings, he draws. But if the church isn't willing to accept what he brings, the people aren't willing to accept what he brings, then you know what? The church is wrong. The church is missing it. In, in Luke 10, we find a story of the, of the Good Samaritan, well, which I'm sure many of you have are, are really kind of familiar with already. But let me kind of share with you a, a kind of subtle difference in the story that maybe you haven't heard before. Um, so in the story, Jesus shares that there's a man and he's walking down this road, along the road, and he fell among thieves and they beat him up, they robbed him, they stripped him naked. They, they kind of just left him to die. And then a priest and a Levite come who represent basically um, uh, the law and religion. And they come and they totally like avoid him. Oh, yeah, no, let's, let's walk right around him. Okay. And then let's see what happens. This is the message version. It says a Samaritan. Now, a Samaritan, you got to realize, was one who was socially rejected in the culture at the time. It says a Samaritan traveling, uh, the road came on him. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, uh, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him up onto his donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning he came and took two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill, and I will pay on my way back. So the, the good Samaritan had a burden for the man, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he, he wanted to take care of him. So he cared for him, he brought him to an inn, and, and, and so that the inn, listen, could care for him while he was gone. Now, it makes perfect sense in this passage that we would say, hey, you and I represent the Good Samaritan, right? Totally makes sense, okay? That we are to be that Good Samaritan, um, right? That we're not supposed to be people who are, are um, overlooking per- people's pain, um, or even picking up people, doing whatever it is. However, we can also make a case for this, that the Good Samaritan is not you and I, right? Um, but that the Good Samaritan is a representative of Jesus. Think about it. Jesus was rejected by man. The Good Samaritan, because he was Samaritan, was rejected by man. Okay? So, The man, the good Samaritan, let's say Jesus in this story, was moved with compassion and and carried, carried the man to the inn. Right? So who are we? We're the inn. 
Because he even said, hey, take care of him until I return. And I'll pay back whatever is necessary. Right? So God's plan is to bring people into the church for the church, the community, to take care of them until who returns? Jesus returns. And so we have to look at it maybe from that perspective. We are the end. We are supposed to be caring for people. So God brings people to the church, to the inn, in order for them to be taken care of. Right? He leads them in. But it's God's plan to save people. Right? He does the saving. We just do what he asks us to do by the power of the Spirit. And then he asks us to care for people. Again, I'll just say it again, and I, hopefully you get it, and I'm not, I'm not it, it's all to be able to care for people, right? And, and, and some of you might be in here and say, yeah, but Pastor Scott, man, I am, lack for a better word, jacked up. I got all kinds of stuff going on. I, I just got this, and I've got that, and I've got this, and I've got that. Yeah, but let me, let me tell you this. You still have something to give. Right? Because all of us, in some way, shape, or form, have got stuff. Right? Even your pastor has stuff that he's navigating and working through every single day. But that doesn't make me lose heart. That doesn't make me lose focus to be able to say, no, but I need to, 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 to be a part of my community and love my community and minister to my community and do all of those things. And so don't discount yourself. And I, I, I'm a firm believer in this. Just like the Bible says, you sow what you reap. So begin to sow care to others and you will reap care. Right? Don't go all you know, solo and hide and all of that. No, begin to, you know what, say, Lord, whatever I have today, whatever I can bring to the table, use it. It might not be much. Like I said, it could be just a smile. It could be just, hey, how are you? But you know what? That's something. That's something that you can bring to the table. Because a lot of times it's not always about us. This is not. It's about us gathering together as a community and loving and caring for people the way God has, has designed it. Because we really do want this house to be a place of refuge, a place for healing for people to come. So we need to get a, we need to get a burden, right? And how does that all kind of relate to Nehemiah? Well, Nehemiah had a burden for God's people, He wanted to rebuild the walls. He wanted to make sure the people weren't vulnerable to the enemy. So here's my question. It just kind of brings it up. Who, whose walls are you helping rebuild? Whose walls are you helping rebuild? Because everyone needs help rebuilding a wall somewhere. And sometimes it's not about the, the perfect picture. Look, everything is so in order. It's so great. It's so awesome. It's about the fact that, you know, sometimes I got to go to people for prayer. <laughs> right? I'm supposed to stand up here and be like, hey, look at me. I'm the pastor. Everything's great. Yeah. But you know what? There are times I'm running to people for prayer. 
man, I need you to pray for me on this. Man, this is like so heavy right now for me. I, I, I need you. But see, that's part of the process of understanding that we're in this as a community together. I just get the privilege to stand up here and deliver God's word. But I am a human just like any of you. But it's important. We got to understand and think about just, hey, whose walls am I building? Okay, and I'm going to give you a super simple example. Okay, for anybody who works in children's ministry, guess what? You are building a wall for a kid. You are helping building their wall. Because, you, man, you don't know what they walk in with. You don't know what they've experienced and what's, what's going on in their life. But, man, if you are faithful to love them, you are faithful to pray for them, you are faithful to give them the much as God's word as you can give them, guess what you're doing? You're, you're just like Nehemiah. You, you, you're, you're helping build the wall so that as they get older, you know what? The enemy can't attack. He'll try, but because, man, you know what? People have been building a wall around their kids and building a wall around other kids or youth or whoever it is, then you know what, man? That wall is fortified because they've experienced the love. They've experienced the forgiveness. They've experienced all that they need and understand the principles of God's word so that they don't get attacked that it doesn't come as quickly and, 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 and everything collapses. And then let me give you the last, last point. God's work is a great work. God's work is a great work. Now, within the context of Nehemiah, as he was rebuilding uh, Jerusalem, re- Nehemiah recognizes this. And I guess maybe in some ways it's kind of a real heavy point to hit home. But in chapter 6, this is what, listen to what Nehemiah says. And in, 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 in verse 3, he tells somebody, see this guy, I think it's a guy named Ono, right? Who wants to name Ono? I got Bono, but not Ono, right? Like, oh no, here he comes. It's just a bummer of a name. But this, this guy's trying to say, hey, come back. Come off of that. Stop doing that. But, but, but Nehemiah says this, I am doing a great work. See, he had a focus. He had a singular focus. I am doing a work. Not to make him look good, but he was doing a work for God. He was doing a work for the Lord. So he understood that then he's part of this greater work, greater than himself. And then, you know what he does? He follows it up with this. He says, why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you. Now, I, I, I love this kind of, this passage portion because you know what? God's work is a great work, but, but he doesn't allow distraction or the present challenges of distraction to get in his way of what God has put on his heart to do. Because all of us are faced with distractions all the time. All kinds of things that can come up. And maybe, hey, we don't go to church today because of this reason. It's raining outside. Or maybe we don't go to church today because, you know, I, 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 I um, got to give my cat a bath. Um, so I, I, just, I just can't go. See, those are distractions. See, God needs us in community together 
to grow together, to be strengthened together, to build a root system together so that when we, as we progress in our relationship with him, we are stronger than ever. But, it, but it, it's about the fact that we just don't get sidetracked. That we say there is a great work being done. Even if I don't have a big part to play, even if it's just me simply standing at a door and opening a door, it's a great work. It's such a great work. And so I just, I just want to tell you, just, just understand you have opportunity, and some of you are already engaged, so I'm not even throwing, I'm not throwing anything at anybody, really. All I'm saying is every single one of us have an opportunity to engage in a great work that God has called the church. God calls it the church. The church is a great work, right? And whether that is to go outside and, and bring others in, praise the Lord, let's do it. Whether that is to, to, you know, kind of have worship together and do that, praise the Lord, let's do it. But also in the middle of all that, all of us need each other. All of us need us working together, hand in hand, getting to know one another, building relationships. And, you know, and I, I get if you're, you're an introvert, I get if you're, you know, an extrovert or a middlevert or whatever it is, you're right in the middle, whatever that is, I get all of that. But you know what? Sometimes the Lord is about stretching us. And, and what's cool about it, he's not into like, hey, I'm going to stretch it really far. All he wants is a small stretch. But see, we have to be willing to think about it. We have to be willing to, to try to figure it out and understand it. And so there are things to be engaged in. And I could go down the list, but we don't got time. But, but I hope I'm stirring something in your heart. Just, just to think about Wherever you call your community, your church, your home, how engaged are you in it? Do you consider it a great work to be engaged with your community? Do you consider it a great work, listen, to come to church on a Sunday? Even if you're, you don't serve, you're not doing anything. But do you consider it a great work to have an opportunity to talk amongst yourself and to try to encourage one another and maybe even pray for one another or maybe just what, whatever it is. But see, that's, that's, that's the, the movement of a congregation. We know in Acts, in the early church, man, they were together all the time, man. They broke bread. They went to other people's houses. They, they listened to the apostles' doctrine. They did all of these things. It was, it was all this stuff. It was a great work going on. But see, we tend sometimes to silo ourselves and just say, well, yeah, yeah, you know, someone else can do it. So all I'm asking is, and it's just a challenge, really, to just think about it. Whose wall am I helping build or rebuild? And then, Lord, how how do I get engaged in a great work? Which is the church. So bow your heads for me. Let's wrap it up. Let's land the plane. Lord Jesus, you are so good. I thank you for this morning. And Holy Spirit, only you can do the work. I can't do it. But I thank you for just ministering to each and each one of our hearts today. However we heard it, I thank you, Lord, that you will take that um, word 
and you will begin to let it grow deep down inside. Stir our hearts. Help us to understand that you have called us to a great work inside the church, outside the church. And so just, I just ask you to speak to us this week. Speak to us now. Help us to understand and realize it. And then simply help us to obey whatever it is that you're talking about. We love you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.